Hey, Advisorist Nation, you're listening to the Advisorist Podcast, the most loved podcast for insurance and financial advisors worldwide that want to grow faster, increase commissions, and build a lifestyle you love. London to New York, Montreal to Munich, Austin to Australia. Shut down distractions, get focused, grab your notepad. It's time for Advisorist. Let's do this. Hi, this is Jeremiah Demery, founder of Advisorist, and it gives me great pleasure and really it's an incredible honor to introduce to you one of the hosts of the Advisorist podcast, Michael Levin. Michael is not only a personal friend, but he's one of the most established ghostwriters in the nation and a New York Times best-selling author who's written, co-written, or ghostwritten over 550 books, hundreds of them in the financial services arena, of which 18 are national bestsellers. There's, you would be hard-pressed to find somebody that hasn't been in more outlets than Michael. He's been on Shark Tank, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Politico, the LA Times, the Boston Globe, Writer's Digest, CBS News. I mean, the guy has even had his work optioned and made for film by Steven Soderbergh of Paramount, HBO, Disney, ABC, Frank Perry, and so many more. He ghostwrote for some of the biggest names in sports and business, including Dave Winfield, Pat Summerall, Howard Bragman, former Schwab CEO David Potrick, marketing legend Jay Abraham, NBA star Doug Christie, and the list goes on and on and on. And as the host of All Eyes on You, Michael will bring his unique blend of insights and wisdom as it relates to using books to get to the level of your dreams that you've always desired. They are one of the most powerful introduction tools that financial advisors and insurance agents can use today. I know when I got my book written, oh my, did the doors open up. And so that's why I'm so excited to have Michael hosting All Eyes on You as part of the Advisorist Network. Michael, take it away, my friend. Hey, everybody. Welcome. My guest today is Gary Cady, who is the founder and CEO of Next Level Practice, which is a New York-based consultancy serving the dental profession, and many years ago, Gary recognized that dentists were not getting great advice from the consultant class that was serving them, and he realized that if he gave them the kind of guidance that they needed to construct practices that ran uh, like a top where the team was empowered and energized and happy, then the patients would be showing up for their appointments instead of breaking them. The team members would have respect for the dentist instead of looking at him or her as somebody who didn't keep promises and really created a great atmosphere. And then the dentist would be able to make a whole lot more money. And when I first met Gary, well, 14 years ago, he was telling me stories about how dentists were unable to cash their own paycheck because they just didn't have the cash flow. And they'd be walking around with two paychecks in their back pocket and the spouse who was uh, either unaware or increasingly upset and it was not a pretty picture. And Gary has since helped thousands and thousands, maybe tens of thousands of dental practices get their acts together and be successful and do things the right way. You might not think of dental consulting as a sexy industry, but let me tell you, Gary made it sexy. So, Gary, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking uh, the time. Michael, anytime I could bring sexy back with you for about 25 minutes, it's an honor. 
Gary, that just has really good <laughs> expectations. I, I will say that uh, Gary's a very handsome man. He looks like George Clooney. Uh, but no, but I'm, still, I'm still not uh, uh, changing teams. So, <laughs> Gary, tell me the story. How did, how did you guys get so big, and how did you become really the, the force to be reckoned with in the industry? And then on top of that, a spokesperson for, or a champion, I really should say, for uh, or done a professional. Well, as you can tell, man, we, we, we make the siren ring wherever we go, Michael. Is that your ride? That is my ride, my man. Yes. We are in New York City. I chose to do this podcast outside of my 62nd in Amsterdam residence. And I'm um, just sitting here outside in a beautiful day here chatting with you. But how it all began, look, I'm going to be fully transparent. If I didn't have a book, none of this would work. I mean, straight up, if I didn't codify what made us unique, I never could, re- you know, reach. Uh, we, were, we distributed my book to 100,000 people at this point. We're in our eighth edition. I mean, that, that basically put me on the map. And then we can talk about how everything unfolded. But without that, I wouldn't have any foundation. That's gratifying to hear. So when, when we first met, your goal was to have five clients at 120,000 a year. <laughs> Yeah, and you said to me that way. I only have five people who have my cell phone number, and I'll make a good middle class living. So, uh, yeah, where are you now? How, how's the business going? Oh well, we're 22 years from that. I think it's been since we started. You know, with you and I together, probably it's been about 13 or so years. But you know, that was the model. You know, uh, low volume, high dollar, high touch. You know, uh, 10 times return on investment. And, uh, you know, could do very well with that model. And, um, you know, I just, as I got into the business, I got to see that I wanted to make a bigger difference. And one of the things we did was we looked at, you know, decentralizing the business. So I was at the center of it all. And I realized that if the business owner is in the center of it, it's very difficult to scale the business. And, you know, as you go through your career, I was, you know, in my thirties at the time. And, you know, that seemed like a good number. But it was it was more than a number. I, I really wanted to live a bigger life. I wanted to be free from the day-to-day burdens of being inside of running a business. So we changed the model. And, um, you know, first I had consultants come on, and then I got to see the innovation of video conferencing. So we didn't have to fly to places. I was able to scale. And then uh, there was, you know, other scaling moments. But, you know, it, it really had to do with my lifestyle and the kind of lifestyle that I wanted to lead. So where is the business now and where are you in the business? What's your role at this point? At this point, I'm a CEO. I'm a speaker. I do a lot of the larger conventions. I speak and I still write books. We're on our seventh book together. And I'm always looking for the next, you know, what's on the next horizon. The last book, Dentistry for Millennials, is a big, the biggest challenge in dentistry. I always look for the biggest problem, the biggest reoccurring problem that's going to be around for a while. And the emerging generations has really caused, you know, a big upset because you have, you know, the, the young millennials who want to be, they want a tech-driven business, and then there's the baby boomers who want to eat the millennials, and that causes a big uproar. So I've codified a way to deal with these emerging generations, and then I go out and speak about them. So I'm on the road. I also have three direct reports, and, you know, we're on our way to working on an eight-figure business. So you know, it's uh, it's an exciting time, and uh, it's, it's really exciting to be in the dentistry and, and healthcare right now. It all sounds great. There was just one thing that you said that you kind of breezed over that was a little disturbing. 
you see the boomers want to eat the millennials? <laughs> yes. Did I hear that? Yeah, you heard that. You know, here's the thing, Michael. You know, the baby boomer generation is holding their ground, you know, because the young, young people come in, they start moving quick, they start wanting to, you know, bring in tech to simplify things. And, you know, the, the perception of the baby boomer is, you know, that they're trying to take my job away, they can do it for less, I'm losing my security. And in some cases, I think that that's going on, but, but really bridging the gap and making sure that we have good running businesses, in this case, dental practice, that it's founded on an operating system that has great, you know, integrated software so that, you know, you're, you're, you have, you have a good platform. And then you really work with your boomers to adopt this new methodology, because if not, you're going to stay archaic. And if you don't communicate the way Millennials want to be communicated to. You're not going to adopt new new patients, and you know certainly not adopt new team members. There's a lot of boomers who are retiring, so you know I I believe in leapfrogging to the millennial, millennializing your practice, and then getting the baby boomers to adopt, and uh, and run run in the new generation of a practice. Yeah, you bet. Okay. I mean, I'm a, I'm I'm a boomer. I'm at the tail end of the boomers, and I've, I've never Me really too. wanted to eat, eat. You know, I never really wanted to eat a millennial. <laughs> You know, I mean, like, it's a figure of speech, but they, they're, you know, they, they're just not, you know, this is a big battle going on in workplaces now. And when you can win this game, you really, you know, these are the businesses that we have that are just blowing up. You know, a lot of businesses are dealing with conflict in this, in this realm right here. Okay. So the question is, you're not the only consultant serving. Are you thrashing a millennial? What are you doing over there? <laughs> no, I'm just fixing my fixing my headset here. All right, it sounded uh, violent. <laughs> the streets of New York, where anything can happen. So, I assume that you are not the only consultant serving dentists. Is that correct? No, there's probably well, there's there's national uh, organizations like ours, probably seven or eight, and then there's hundreds of independent consultants on a very local level. Okay, so the question is, with all that competition for business what do you do to stand out how do you get attention to yourself you know it's a great question you know i think the first thing is is to really be you know know and own being great at one thing so we decided that we were going to be great at one thing and that's creating happy teams that implement sustainable results Um, because you know when you boil it all down i mean that's what dentists are buying from us anybody can get information you know i have books i have have you know documentary people can go online take online courses but really what they want is they they know doctors know if they have a happy team that implements sustainable results their life is going to get dramatically better so we took that one position and when you take that one position in the marketplace you know you just go after it and just owning it most people are fearful of like oh we could do that and we could do that and we could do that but really take the the niche position of what's the number one problem you're fixing and become the best in your industry at it. And that's what we did. And we're well known for that. So your starting point is that you picked out one thing that you stand for. That's a clear statement of something that's extremely desirable to your marketplace. And that's what is, is that correct? Yeah. And then you lead with it. Like, so, cause like, you know, I, you know, the elevator, everybody talks about having an elevator pitch for your business. Well, if it has more than like eight words, you're you're not going to enroll people. So, really boiling it down, it does a lot of things. It 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 really streamlines and focuses your marketing. It allows your your team to parrot what you're great at. 
you know, it just makes life easier. It, although when I first did it, I got scared because we do so many things and I want to tell the world about all those things. That's the pitfall of standing out in your marketplace, you know, reverse engineer. What is the number one or number? There's really two problems that I'm, I'm addressing in there. A happy team and implementing sustainable results, right? So those are the two biggest problems that they face, but they're not asking for those. They're, they're complaining about insurance and they're complaining about symptoms of other things. But those are the two things that fix those problems. And so we, we, we go after that and we own it. And, you know, we really focus in on how can we get better at it every day. And it just makes us a better company. And obviously, if we, we create happy teams that implement sustainable results for ourselves, you know, we also get the benefit of that because we can't espouse something that we can't, can't deliver on ourselves. So what you're doing is you're positioning yourself not as dental consultants. We're positioning ourselves as people who get this specific result, which is yep. desirable to you and necessary for you. Is that correct? Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because no one else specializes in creating happy teams that implement sustainable results. They're just, you know, they're saying that they're good at, like, um, the symptoms of the business that they're dealing with. Like, hey, you know, I can't get patients to show up for my appointments, uh, I can't get, uh, you know, I'm trying to get, you know, collections, my profitability stinks, you know, they're, they're complaining about the problems that they already know they have. But when you give them something that's outside of the context of how they look at things, they go, oh my gosh, well, that's a way wider context, which is way more valuable to me than, you know, the garden variety uh, consult. So you think, let everybody else be the jack of all trades, but you basically have one key blade in your Swiss army knife. And you that, bet. And that just cuts through everything. You bet. Like hot butter. Like butter. I just listened to all the police activity around you, Gary. Are you sure yeah. you're not? Uh, yeah, no, I'm safe. I'm, I'm, okay. I, I'm covered up uh, under a dome here at Lincoln Center, so I think I'll be okay, Michael. All right, good, because uh, the people are going to worry about you. Yeah, no, so, I, know. I appreciate that. Okay, so, so what I hear you saying is that the first key to your success is that you've identified a really clear value proposition that sets you head and shoulders apart from anyone else in your space. You bet. That's number one. So then the question is, okay, what's number two? Number two is each year we have an initiative that we put out into the space. Like I said, this year is dentistry for millennials. So if we're creating happy teams that implement sustainable results, baby boomers are looking at millennials like they're entitled and they're, they're lazy. And, um, you know, there's like this whole conversation about, you know, this, these, these groups of generations and how to deal with them. Like, how do I, how do, what's the proper care and feeding for millennials, right? And so, you know, each year we have an initiative and we do that the year, like about 18 months prior to the year. So we're always looking ahead as to what's the initiative that we're going to take out. And uh, we also create a, a theme or a mantra for the year. So this year's theme is we greater than me. So every year, like throughout the year, this year, we're going to have everything related to that, that the we with a greater sign, me, that's our tour. Like we go, you know, I go out and speak 30, 30 sometimes. So that's the we, we greater than me tour. It's like uh, dentistry for millennials. And this is a big deal because it's top of mind, you know, it's sort of like an art and a science because you got to anticipate like where the market's going. So you're always looking for what's the next conversation that will be good for the following year. And uh, we already have 2020, which is we created the, we moved the company from the context of a coaching, consulting, and training company, Michael, to um, having a mission. That's also something else that we can bring up at this point is 
having a mission, and we created a mission eight years ago that is getting 30 million people healthier through a dental practice because most people associate dentistry with pain. So we created Dentistry Equals Health, and we took on a mission to get 30 million people healthier through a dental practice. And um, we, we currently have about 8 million people healthier, and 2020 is all about finishing the job and getting 30 million people healthier. So, so we have the theme for the year, and then we have, like, I'll, I'll either write a book, you know, or I'll do a documentary, or I'll do some initiative, develop a new product. There'll, there'll always be something that is, is invented for the next year. So, okay, you've got, all this, you've got all these great things that you've created. How do you communicate this to your marketplace? Yeah, it's really great. Well, the first thing is to really know your marketplace. What we found is, is that you've got to know how people listen in your marketplace. This is an interesting fact. 75% of dentists listen to things we put out from, there's four personality types. There's the competitive, there's the methodical, there's the humanist, and there's the spontaneous. 75% of dentists are methodical humanists, meaning they need to hear things that they can learn the steps to and that they can impact human beings. So, you know, if I had, if my marketplace was competitive, then it would be like, how do you slay the dragon? How do you go from point A to B the quickest? It doesn't mean that there's not competitive dentists, but when you look at the bell curve of your marketplace, once you have a niche, you really have to speak in their language because I'm a competitive humanist. So like, I'm like about winning the game, slaying the dragon, getting it done, DSD, get shit done. It's like, you know, that's, that's, but if I speak from my language to the language of what dentists, how they hear, um, they're not going to hear my message. And so that was a big, big eye opener in, in the strategy of our work. And that really catapulted us forward. Okay. And how do you know that your message is resonating? How do you test it? How do you make sure that it's getting across? Well, the beauty is all analytics. I mean, if you're not running your business from analytics, which we weren't, I mean, I was just, we had just so much business that I didn't have to look myopically at our business. And so now everything we do, every single thing, and the beauty of how, how all marketing is set up today is all analytics. I mean, we track phone calls, where they come from, how they come in. You know, if you're not using something like Infusionsoft with the CRM uh, or Salesforce, you know, it's very difficult to, to really get analytics going. But, uh, and, and we moved analytics up. Like I have, I have a half hour once a week with a person that's dedicated to nothing but an analytics. And, you know, it's sort of like why the Yankees are kicking Boston's ass right now. It's because we have the biggest analytics department of baseball. And that's why Joe Girardi got fired and Aaron Boone's in because he, he believes in analytics and we do too. So moving on, you've got, you've got a guy or a person and all this person does is analytics. Is, that, is it a full-time position? Yeah, it's a full-time position. Uh, and what, yeah. where, I've never heard of this. What does this person do all day long? It shows you how out of it I am. What does this person do all day long? Well, you know, the thing is, like, if you're a baby boomer, like I'm the last year of the baby boomers, like you're not, you don't think analytics are like the key. Like, you know, you're basically looking at like, uh, you know, what did you do for the month? You know, what do you have in your bank account? Yeah, you're looking at revenue. That's so old school running a business because those are output analytics. Output analytics really don't give you what you need. You need input analytics. Input analytics give you what's going to happen downstream because, you know, it, depending on your sales cycle and how long things take, if you're not looking upstream, 
you don't know, like, you know, like I used to myopically look and, you know, we're in April, so I should look at my revenue in April. I could see my general pipeline of sales that are going to happen like right in front of me. But that's, you know, you could run your business that way, you know, 10, 15 years ago, even five years ago. But in today's world, because of how marketing is, how expenses are, you know, running a business from inputs such as, you know, like how many clicks am I getting, uh, you know, upstream in my, you know, like for my webinar, you know, I can look at like if I put, you know, X number of dollars out, my cost per acquisition for a webinar is, cer- is a certain amount. And then when I show up for that webinar, you know, my conversion rate of that webinar into a call to action item, you know, is a brand new, you know, the, the, all those numbers need to be analyzed to be insured to ensure that we're getting a return on investment. And now that I'm replacing myself so I can build this business and scale it even further, you know, I can control the outcome because I'm good at what I do. But once I replace myself, having those analytics will allow me to know, like, hey, if I'm paying this guy 80000 he's doing this presentation, he should close this much amount of business. But if he didn't get enough people on that webinar, well, then it's not his fault. So, you know, all those things come into play. And uh, those are key performance indicators on the input side versus uh, the output side, which is immediate sales in the month, cash revenue in the door that month, things like that. So what you're saying is that cash revenue and sales are tra- are actually trailing indicators, and that what matters and what's going to predict your future is your analytics. Exactly. And those analytics, you know, it's the same thing as like, you know, Moneyball, Billy Bean. It's like the whole game of, you know, on base percentage of a guy you know, his batting average is, they would only look at batting average of 226, but if the guy walks more than anybody in, in the MLB, you know, that 226 average with a high walk rate, you know, gets you great on base percentage. Who cares how you got on? But in the past, we were looking myopically at things like ERA and, uh, you know, batting average. Okay. So, and tell me again, what are the, what are the specific things that your analytics person measures? All the front end top of funnel stuff. So, you know, that could be how many people, you know, visited our website and then how many people actually opted into something. And then of those opt-ins, you know, like I have an opt-in morning huddle motivator at Next Level Practice is my website. And we have thousands and thousands of people opting into the morning huddle motivator. And then we have when we send that out, because that's a daily affirmation or daily wisdom thought that I send out on a daily basis. And then at the bottom of that, people can opt in for more things. And then we're looking at how many people are opting in, what is what are they opting into, why are they opting into it. So really a lot on the, the top side marketing and also the uh, initial conversions in our funnel that get people related to us, trusting us, and it allows us to show them that we're providing value for them. Okay. And I, 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 it's just so striking. What percentage of businesses today – like yours, do you think keep track of analytics the way you do? Oh gosh, I, very little in our industry. Um, we just built a, a platform. You know, like I would say probably you know twenty five percent. You know, if that, or we call it push numbers, like that are uh, working with numbers pushed to them. And you know, the, a lot of dentists, like probably eighty percent of dentists, are still pulling reports, which is archaic. You know, if you're pulling reports, you're you're using data that's old, and by the time you get it to a, a team meeting, it's completely archaic. So you're using output data and bringing that to your team. It's so old by the time you have it, you can't make course corrections. So I would say, you know, I, 25 is the high, but I'm probably skewed because 
I'm working with people and understand the value of putting analytics in. So my view, I don't have facts on that, but I'm just where I find people starting is somewhere from 10 to 25% of people are looking at it from an analytics standpoint versus a, a database standpoint. And how much does it cost to, to do this, to pay for this person and then pay, to pay for whatever support he or she needs, uh, equipment, so on? You know, I would say, like for me, are you talking about me and my company yeah. or what? Yeah. I would say it is to get a good person, you know, I would say it's about 75 grand for salary. And then you really just need to set your business up. And that's like, that takes a little bit of, a little work, you know, probably took us like three, four years to do this. We, you know, we do it. We plug into a dental practice in five minutes and we get them up and running because we specialize in this. But no one specializes in consulting data, you know, analytics. You know, there's some companies that, you know, have CRMs that can help you. But to do it and plug it in and have it set up from an old school way, I would say it's probably a hundred grand in about two years. And what's the return on that? Uh, it's priceless if you want to get out of the business as a business owner. You know, I, can't, I couldn't put a price on it because now I can run my, my business pretty much from my smartphone because, you know, that's where I am in my career right now. I'm 55 years old and I want to decentralize myself. So, you know, without analytics, you know, if something's going on in the business in April, I'm going to know how it's going to impact me in, like, August, you know, versus being in August, being on vacation and going, hey, we're crashing over here, you know. So, you know, it gives you a proactive wrap, so that's priceless for me. Okay, so I hear you basically offering three pieces of guidance to the listeners. The first is have a very clear value proposition that isn't we are consultants, it's we provide an outcome, and it's a specific outcome and it's a highly desirable outcome, and it's one that as soon as you articulate it and the prospect hears it, he or she says, I've got to have that. The second thing is that is that you keep mixing it up, and every year you add a new theme. This year you're talking about millennials. Yeah. So that way there's a, there's a freshness to your message, and there's a freshness to the, the delivery of your message uh, that benefits your team members because since it's, it's fresh, they're not going stale with it. And then the third thing that I hear you saying, I've never heard anybody say this before, is that you want to put serious money into analytics because if you're just doing things with a sort of a finger-in-the-air, old-school approach, you're going to be where you've always been. You're never going to improve. You're never going to grow meaningfully. But as a result of this, aside from the, the immediacy of information, your business is going to be able to grow in ways that might not have been or would not have been possible if you weren't paying attention to the analytics and where everybody else is paying attention to cash and sales, which are in in essence trailing indicators. You're looking at the leading indicators, which are what's happening this month is going to affect our cash and our sales three months down the road, four months down the road. Is that what I'm hearing? hundred percent. Well done. Yes. Okay. Well, those are things that I think people are not really, conscious of because when they create an elevator pitch, it's basically about themselves. This is what I am. This is what I, I am a dental consultant. I am a, you know, a whatever, as opposed to this is what I create. And what you're stressing is what you create for the buyer as opposed to, so in Michael Hyatt's language, you're making your customer or your client the hero of the journey as opposed to you being the hero of the journey because it's your company. Is that correct? Yeah, and, and what it does is it brings the listener, their problems to that, 
because there's a thousand problems. I can't assume when I'm talking to a dentist what their problems are. But if I give them what I can generate and create for them, they can apply their problem to it, and then all of a sudden they see the solution in it themselves. That's great. Gary, how can people get a hold of you or your company? Yeah, we're at nextlevelpractice.com, N-E-X-T-L-E-V-E-L, practice.com. My personal email is gary at nextlevelpractice.com. And I'm going to actually go on a limb, and I'm going to give out my cell phone if we have anybody who's really – Wants to chat and wants to support with the action. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my cell phone. How's that, Michael? Is that cool? It's fine with me. Four eight zero six two zero three four four six four eighty six twenty thirty four forty six. And I always love to hear from listeners. Thank you, Gary. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's Gary, Katie, Next Level Practice. I think we all learned a few pretty cool things. This was great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michael. Hey, Advisors Nation, are you ready to take your insurance or financial services practice to the next level? And are you prepared to fill your calendar with high quality appointments and bring so many leads that you get to pick and choose with whom you're going to work with? If yes, then be sure to check out Advisorist, a premium members-only community of insurance and financial advisors who are striving to excellence. Inside this community, you'll learn the strategies and tactics that most successful service providers are using, and you'll be able to implement them and see results faster than you ever thought was possible. Get all of the details here at advisorist.com forward slash membership. That's advisorist.com forward slash membership advisorist.com forward slash membership. We'll see you inside. You could be larger.